Liberty lockdown, piss in your barcode Your liberty ain't gone, but yeah, it's on hold Where did it come from and where did it go? It requires a fight, not tweeting from your phone Don't need a king, get him off the fucking throne If you ride with the thought, you've always got a home The virus you're scared of will come and it'll go The government knows this, don't get treated like a hoe Let's get into the show Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Liberty Lockdown. have another special guest with me today. He's my buddy. I've been on his show. He's got he's the host of Rebel with the Cause podcast, Eric the Red. Welcome aboard. <laughs> nice to be aboard. Thanks, man. Oh, good. Um, We're using ship talk, so. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome aboard, <laughs> matey. Um, aye, aye, sir. <laughs> so uh, I think that I don't know what the pivot point was, but over this past weekend, People finally seem to have had enough with Fauci. Are you, yes. are, you are you getting that vibe as well? Uh, I've been enjoying hearing the clips of him actually being questioned on stuff, yes. even though the questions themselves are kind of squishy. Yeah, they but are. At least there's some level of uh, spine being applied, which is mm-hmm. always pretty good. Yeah, thank God. Um, yeah, he's. I mean, he's been skewered by Rand Paul and that other uh, quality. I think he's a senator, but I can't remember his name right now. Do you know who I'm talking about? Uh, I think uh, Jim Jordan was the last yes. one that I heard. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Jim Jordan really held his feet to the fire. Um, not in a way that I I would have. I would have gone after him harder, honestly. Yeah. Um, but, you know, when you've, when you've had such mealy mouth, weak pushback, it was nice to see something meaningful. And, <laughs> and ultimately, it doesn't seem like Fauci has any real good answers for this stuff. He's like, he, when, when asked specifically about, you know, our Liberty and when it's going to be returned, Fauci very clearly says that I am not considering Liberty in this. This is a health crisis. He just kind of said the, the quiet part loud there. He's like, well, that's not even entering into my calculations. I know it's incredible. And (laughs) yeah. And, uh, what, what, uh, other than, you know, some congressional hearings, which I can't imagine most people follow. Why is it, do you think that Fauci is finally getting skewered as he should have been for a very long time? Yeah, I think everyone's just kind of seeing the bullshit for what it is. I mean, we all saw the the video of Texas Stadium for the first Rangers game at home. And the whole crowd is just there. And we've got all of these doomsayers saying, oh, I can't wait to see what's going to happen here in a couple of weeks. And uh, nothing happened. You know, we didn't get an increase in cases, deaths, hospitalizations, none of it that we, uh, you know, were sold the the cartoon version of a virus and uh, that just didn't come about. And so even Fauci, when he was asked about it directly, he was kind of like, well, you know, it's a time thing. Maybe we'll see. And so I, I think people got it's like this guy has nothing to him. He's he's jello. You know, mm-hmm. there's just well, there's nothing there. He's worse than jello. He's like jello laced with cyanide. Um, yeah, really? I mean, but societal cyanide. I, and then I think for me, the tipping point, I mean, granted, his entire existence has been my tipping point, but the tipping point where I went totally nuclear yesterday yeah. was when he said that um, gun violence was a, a health emergency. And yeah, okay. As, as soon as he starts to get involved in, you know, the push for gun bans and things like that, I'm like, okay, you're now so far out of your realm of knowledge. I mean, he's already so far out. He should have never been right. advising us on 
you know, societal decay and, and what lockdowns would create. He should have just been an advisor on the virus itself. Like that, that should yeah. have been the extent because that's really all he knows about. I mean, maybe. Um, allegedly. Then, <laughs> yeah, uh, allegedly. But then for him to, to now, after numerous times saying he is not a political figure and to have him now you talk make about almost a half a million dollars a year from the government. You are a political figure. Yeah. Well, indeed, indeed. But, <laughs> but I'm just saying he, he kept trying to say as if he was above the political debates of, of the day and blah, blah, blah. But then he comes back and he says that, that gun violence is a public health emergency. And I'm like, okay, right. now, now I understand exactly what you are. He is a figurehead, a mouthpiece for tyranny in this country. Like I am, yeah. I am, it's so crystal clear to me now that he his job has nothing to do with health. He is simply a paid spokesperson. And, yeah. and I don't know why it took so long for people to realize it, but thank God, because we need we need this guy out immediately. And it's yeah. like should have never been in there in the first place. But no, no, he shouldn't have. But yeah. I'm just saying, you know, it seems as if the tide has turned and, and there was some sort of tipping point, and I'm just grateful for it because um I mean, if we allow this guy to continue to advise, given how many people in this country still believe him, and and believe me when I tell you, there's at least 50 oh, million tons. adults, maybe yeah. 100 million that take every word out of his mouth as the gospel, even though the words out of his mouth oftentimes disagree with what he said a few months prior or a few days prior sometimes. Um, but nonetheless, we need him gone because we have too many sheep that are following him. Is that an overstatement? No, not an overstatement at all. He should have never been there in the first place. Uh, I do like the fact that there was not a news camera he wasn't shy about being in front of, and maybe that's kind of led to it because they're hearing him speak and then kind of noticing the body language of, you know, just the little squishy guy. I kind of often equate him with Baghdad Bob. Remember him from 2003, right before the the Iraq invasion? Yeah, he was the like the propaganda minister for uh, for Iraq. And he was like, well, there's nothing going on at the airport. And he like takes these journalists with the bus and there's like an army tank sitting at the airport after it just unloaded a C-130 after the Rangers had taken it. Oh, wow. You know, so he's just like this big propagandist mouthpiece. And so he, he's kind of like the, the COVID version of that. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. So uh, equally untrustworthy. Makes, right. Makes me. Um, well, today I got very heated over the fact that Keith Olbermann says that Based off I got of, still around. Oh, yeah. No, he is. <laughs> and he's got a pretty sizable following, which is horrifying. Um, it's terrible. But someone in the in the UK tweeted out that UK government had banned membership of the violent white supremacist group Antimwaffen or Atomwaffen division and its alias with penalty of up to 10 years in prison, soon to be increased to 14 years. By the way, I think that Atomwaffen is truly like an alt-right Nazi yeah, type that, organization. Yeah, that's an actual Nazi group. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so Keith quote tweets it saying now see this is action we could do this for membership of violent white supremacist groups like maga trump 2024 and the nra hello nra okay (laughs) or maga jesus christ yeah we're gonna gonna label 70 million people as as adam waffen yeah wow sure that that's what they would like you know because they get rid of the people that disagree with them I, I'm just I'm just horrified at this perspective. It's so I mean, this is exactly what we all knew they wanted, what they all felt in their bones yeah. was like they want to ban dissident thought and label them the worst thing possible and imprison them. He's right. saying specifically. It's amazing. Yeah. 
If you're enjoying this episode, and let's be honest, you know you are, support the people who support the creators that you love. And who do you love? Me. That's who. Jesus Christ. It's not a trick question. If you want to support me, which you should, because I'm the best, you go to crash.co backslash daily and you can sign up for the daily job hunt. What is the daily job hunt, you ask? I'm glad you asked. It is nothing more than a daily free e-newsletter that can give you a little bit of advice, a little bit of encouragement, and sometimes a kick in your nuts when you need it to get up off the couch and go get that job of your dreams or to start the career that you want to start or start the podcast that supplants Liberty Lockdown as the number one show in America. You could do it, but not unless you go with the daily job hunt. Go to crash.co backslash daily and sign up. It is free and they love me and I love you and you love me. So let's all put it together. Threesome action, baby. Let's go. There's there's been a there's been a rash in the last couple of weeks of just people saying the the quiet parts loud. We saw that doctor get up on uh, Cuomo show and say, "What's going to be the carrot if they're just going to open at a hundred percent without the vaccines?" Right. You know? <laughs> right. Yeah. It's like, it, well, if if they go back and they have you know they have fun and they they feel free again, then how are we going to get them to fucking put this stuff in their body? Yeah. Right. Oh. <laughs> It's just, yeah, that's, uh, I actually just had a little argument about this recently because I'm looking at, uh, you know, going on a cruise again because I love going on cruises nice. and it was like, well, you're going to need a vaccine passport for that. And I was like, eh, except everything I've read in this shows that they're not going to do that. Yeah. Oh, is that true? They're not. Yeah. I I've seen, there's like one luxury liner in Florida. That's going to do it. Ron DeSantis, uh, basically said, no, you can't, you can't do that. So that one's going to end up in court. I'm sure. Okay. But from like the rest, like Carnival and you know Royal Caribbean and all that, I haven't seen anything where they're going to say they're re- going to require it. Well, so, that's, that's great news. Uh, yeah. I mean, I don't. I don't know if, if uh, as someone who's been on multiple cruises, I have a <laughs> I have a pretty distinct feeling that the majority of their demographic are conservatives, right? Um, because, the elderly folks. Yeah. Yeah. Cause when you get on that boat, it's like all old white. Yeah. People. It's like a, it's a floating AARP meeting. So Exa- exactly. <laughs> so if you, if you require vaccine passports for those folks, I think you're going to really hurt your business, which is good news. Cause even though I'm not an old white conservative, I very much do enjoy cruising from time to time. So yeah, so. <laughs> kind of fun hanging around a floating hotel. So yeah, it's just an easy way to travel and you get, you know, fat and sun. Talk about a designated driver. I can be <laughs> drunk all fucking day long. <laughs> exactly. Um, so yeah, it, with with Olbermann, I mean, is it is it an overstatement to say that he's calling for gulags? Because it sure as it sure as hell sounds like that's exactly what he wants. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They want us all fenced up uh, somewhere, with, you know, away from their version of polite society, right? So it's a. Uh, yeah, they're, if they're calling for MAGA people, I mean, that's what, 74 million people who went out and voted? I think not, so, yeah. Yeah, not to mention there's like a bunch of us that, you know, maybe just kind of sat on the sidelines and didn't vote, but, you know, we're, you know, not too, uh, wouldn't be uh, looked on highly in their circles, I guess. No, so, no. The li- I mean, the libertarians would absolutely be classified as oh, yeah. MAGA if Keith Olbermann had any say about it. If not... We're probably worse in his in his world. Yeah, I mean, well, John Brenner likened us to Al Qaeda, so I mean. Oh yeah, no, I know, and <laughs> I mean, in truth, <laughs> we are kind of radicals. So <laughs> I didn't really, I didn't really mind that comparison, um, other than the fact that he was calling us terrorists, which I don't appreciate. But right, um, if he wants to say that we're 
or enemies of the state. I guess he's kind of right. Um, since yeah, we're not I mean, exactly we even have shirts with Rothbard's face on it that says enemy of the state on it. <laughs> I know, so, I mean. <laughs> but uh, at the same time, if you're calling for uh, for imprisonment, uh, I'm going to push back against the the labels you're putting on me. And, right. and that's that's what concerns me most about most about Keith's energy on this is that I mean, we could do this here. 10 to yeah, 14 we could. years. 10 yeah. to 14 years in prison. Of course, you could do that, Keith, but you could also drive us towards a violent, hot civil war. If you try and make 70 plus million adults in this country, felons, terrorists, whatever, enemy of the state you want to label right. them and, and round them up and imprison them, you're you first off, you simply can't. We we yeah. are, I mean, not we, but they, MAGA folks, are are in the military, they are in the law enforcement, they are, as he said, NRA people. So yeah. they're heavily armed sitting at home. Every and- level of society at some point, those people did vote for Trump. I, yeah. And they exist. Because you don't like it and disagree with it. And they exist, but they act. It's so funny because their perspective really seems to be that it's like a 90 10 split where, like, we, ha- we have the numbers, we have the power, we have the government. Right. And I'm like, this thing is razor's thin margin you have a very questionable margin at that uh so i think it's kind of like a coin flip as to who really runs shit in this country and yes the (laughs) the left runs the government and they have the keys to the military so to speak but um this perspective that you could you could actually you know, genocide, essentially 70 plus million people out of a a 250 million over, over a political disagreement. Yeah. It's, it's horrifying, man. I mean, and and when you even look at the two players, it's like, okay, Democrats and Republicans. I mean, they're not too different. I mean, they really just kind of argue about what money they're going to spend on. Right. So, well, and, and now they argue about who they're going to imprison apparently. Um, which is, I mean, this is just like, uh, Oh, well you, don't exactly uh, wash your house the way that I like you to. So now I'm going to come over and bludgeon you with a rock until you're dead. You know? (laughs) 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 Yeah, that's kind of what it is. Um, So the, the latest debate that's been going around is that uh, we still have to wear masks after being vaccinated. Have you seen this? Yeah. Fauci has been out there propagating this uh, complete and utter bullshit. The masks themselves are just stupid. Uh, we've had, what is it, like 12 clinical studies over decades. And the only time that they actually work is in a very specifically controlled environment called an operating room. Right. And that's just to make sure that the doctor isn't putting spit particles into a wound that he's operating on. And it's with but, a very high-end mask, not this you know yeah, nonsense shirt that we have pulled up over our face. Yeah, a high-end mask that you know they can't touch the inside of it. They have a nurse apply the mask to their face for them. And then they change it out like every 30, 45 minutes or something like that. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah so, so we, we've already, we've already basically, and this was my complaint this morning is that by, by even allowing for this debate, we're seeding the ground that, yeah, I don't, I don't even want to play football on their side of the field. I don't <laughs> either. Exactly. I want to spike it in, in their own fucking end zone and just be like, we're done here. The masks don't work. And and more importantly, and the overarching point, which I, I try to drive home, is that they don't have the right to do this to you regardless. They can't, yes. they can't make you wear a mask. They can, yeah. I mean, they can try, but yeah. ultimately, as a free person, you have the right to say no. And, and if, they, if they want to imprison us or harass us or anything like that, 
you have to pay that price. Like I know, I know it's, it's a hard task and it's not easy to ask of people. And, and I, even myself, when I go to the, when I go to the gym, I wear a mask. When I go to grocery stores, I wear a mask because I'm in the dystopic hellscape that is known as California. Right. Um, but I'm also fleeing to go to places where that's no longer an issue. And if you're unwilling to, you know, pay the price of getting fined or arrested or whatever, I really yeah. feel like it's, it's incumbent upon us to vote with our feet and go to places that aren't endorsing that. Where, where is it at where you live? Are, are they, is it harsh there? Yeah, Louisiana, the way uh, somebody had posted some numbers that it's like 60% compliance, but everywhere I go, that seems a lot less than that. And I know myself, uh, I wear it around the office only because it's stupid employment thing. And my boss is kind of a blue pilled asshat about that. Right. But uh, if I'm going to a store, I don't wear it when I go in. I've had the cops nearly called on me once at a Whole Foods, so I'll never go back there again. But, <laughs> but he, I had to point out, it's like, look, section three of the governor's mandate on masks outlines exemptions. In your copy, you have it highlighted, which means you're aware of it. Wow. I told you I was exempt when I walked in the door. You know, so it's, it's well, just one of those things. See, this is the thing for me that, that I struggle with deeply is that every day I go to the gym and every day I put on this mask and every day I know it makes no difference. And every day I do it. And it's yeah. just like when I'm, when I'm in the gym and I'm wearing the stupid mask and I wear it as low as possible until they, you know, scream at me to, to pull it up. I basically like keep it like all the way to my mouth. Right. Um, but just looking at this entire gym, this entire room, massive room filled with hundreds of people. And yeah. they're, they're all doing this thing that makes no difference. And, and I mean, that's I, I know, well, yeah. it is, but, but my point being that it disturbs me so much that I know at least 20, 30% of the people in that room know the same thing I do, that this makes no sense, but we all do it. And it's like, I don't, I don't know what kind of, I don't know what my conclusion with all this is other than to just say that it's, it's really disturbing. I mean, it is just really yeah. disturbing to see people that I know for a fact, a good, a good portion of don't want to be wearing this mask and they're suffering with it. You can tell by the, the yeah. what, how they wear, you know, like if it's around the chin, they're or, constantly picking at it and trying to right. you know, make it more comfortable on their face and it's just and, not going to work. And yeah. then you can tell the people who are taking it seriously, they have the two masks and it's like fucking super glued to the sides of their cheeks. And you're like, okay. Oh yeah. Th it's like, oh yeah, that's the guy right there. He, he voted for believer. Biden 19 times. <laughs> He was the deciding vote in California. Right. Deciding a thousand votes. Oh my god! There's like shit tons of mail with his signature on it. You just know that. So <laughs> it's oh man. I just I just don't know when when the people actually say to themselves like no no yeah I can't no. do it I can't do not it gonna do it anymore because I think to myself it every single day but I don't do it because I know I'll get I'll get kicked out. I mean that's that's really the only reason. I mean not. Not really the only, it is the only reason that I right. wear a mask. If like, if they would not enforce it, I would a hundred percent not wear a mask and I would fucking make out with the homeless dude on my way in. I, right. like, I am share not, a cigarette with him. You know, I'm not afraid. I am not afraid at all. And right. oh, fuck man. Um, but so, yeah, that's the other thing is like around here, most of the places that I go to that I know that I can get away with it is they're not saying anything to anybody. So I've seen people walk in with masks. They'll, they'll look at me and you know, some of them may drop it below their nose, 
or they'll just take completely off. I guess I'm the, the catalyst that they need to see. I don't know. Wow. Yeah. I, it's funny because last night I went to 7-Eleven and the cashier didn't have a mask on. And right. I was, and it, it's, I'm telling you in California. Kind of jarred you for a second. Oh, I was stunned. I, yeah, I was, was like, wait, wait a second. What did, I, what happened? I haven't, I haven't seen someone working in a store without a mask on since March. Like I haven't seen it at all. Not once. So right. I see this guy. So when I walk up to pay, I'm like, uh, can I not wear my mask? And he's like, I don't care. And I rip it off right away. And, I, and we like share a huge smile. And it's like, I just nice. want to fucking jump across the counter and hug the dude. It was so beautiful. Um, so, I mean, I don't know how he's pulling it off. Cause like, obviously he's an employee for a major yeah. corporation like 7-Eleven. I, I can't imagine that they're allowing it, but wow. Um, yeah. So yeah when I he think- walks, you, you hear a clanging noise. That's for sure. So, Oh, it's <laughs> steel balls. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I think that that the biggest thing to me that I took away from that was it's kind of it's kind of necessary that the employees of companies and the owners of companies are the ones that really start to turn the tide on this thing where they just say, I'm not gonna do it and yeah, I'll pay the price, you know, because like it's 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 funny because as soon even though their authority is so minimal, like okay, you work at 7-Eleven, like I'm not scared of you or anything, but at the same time, I need you to allow me to pay for my product to leave. So like I'm right. going to do whatever the company's requirements are. So this guy with as limited power as he has just said to himself, like, I'm not going to wear a mask and we'll just see how this goes. And, yeah. and the, and as soon as I took off my mask, by the way, two people in line behind me took off their mask. It was sure. thrilling. It was yeah. absolutely thrilling. And everyone was like smiling. It was like, you could just, you could feel, you could feel the energy change in the room. Dude, yeah. The, the embers of yeah. rebellion were fucking beautiful. Um, so, I mean, it's such a, it's such a minor rebellious task or, or thing to do, but it's like in that moment, it felt like, you know, I was Guy Fox or something. <laughs> it was a big deal. Um, so yeah, I, I, I hope that that trend continues. Um, I want to talk to you about the, the amount of predictions that our, our illustrious scientists have gotten wrong over the past 30, 40 years. And oh, was it like all of them? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm not even going to use specifics simply because it's like all of them, as you said. Um, yeah. But I'm just curious, what is it about people? Are they just so low information that like they can't look at, say, Al Gore's movement and the anthropogenic global warming movement and all oh, yeah. of the doomsday cults about how we'd be underwater by now? Uh, and then you have predictions of there being, you know, three to four million people that were going to die from COVID. And you have all the, I mean, Green New Deal is is basically attempting to, uh, you know, criminalize carbon <laughs> globally. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And, and and it's all based off predictions that basically never come true. Uh, why 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 have people not adjusted and ad- addressed this issue in any way? Yeah, what I think is that humans are kind of predisposed to think of the worst thing that could possibly happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I mean, that's, we wouldn't be here without it. Sure. It's survival. Yeah. Anxiety. Yeah. So, so I think that instinct is still there. It's not, have, hasn't been completely quashed out yet, but, uh, but then they'll get somebody in the media, like a Fauci or somebody else is going to give them that, that doom and they'll just go ahead and buy it because it's an official looking person in an official position. And they have this so-called computer model that will outline all of this stuff. And I, I work in civil engineering. I can tell you right now, computer models are cartoons. 
They, right. they don't mean shit. Because <laughs> you can't really uh, account for every last little tiny variable that may come up, you know, and as we're doing important stuff like building a road or a dam or a levee and stuff. And just Wait, sometimes things roads? fail. Yes, my roads are literally my job. So. Oh my god, <laughs> I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to end this episode early. Yes, I, just prematurely. It's like I, that's it. <laughs> I hate roads, bro. Like that. I can't believe you came on here without telling me that first. Oh, road lover. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, but seriously, man. Like, if you, especially if you're using computer models, you know, you know exactly what I'm talking about when I say it's all dependent on the inputs. If you right, garbage in, garbage out. So if you input a few factors that are off. You can you can change the end result of that that prognosis or the, whatever it's called the uh, I can't remember what it's called but uh, yeah. yeah I mean you can you can come up with and, and and there's actually examples of this with global warming where they changed the inputs and they emailed back and forth about it saying that they had done so because they wanted to get results that were more in line with what they were being yeah. paid to research and it's like I mean I just I yeah. just don't know when people wake up man it, we've been we've been experiencing this for decades maybe maybe human history honestly and yet people still have this appeal to authority type you know bullshit yeah. where they're just they're just willing to say i don't know so i'm gonna listen to the guy that the government told me to listen to and i'm like that's yeah. the last guy you should listen to literally i mean last. after all the moon god is angry at us and we're not going to get a harvest this year because the moon god is angry so well if we're not going to get a harvest, it's likely not because of the moon god and more likely because of the lockdowns. Because Jesus yes. Christ, we are going to have so much starvation over this shit. This is exactly what I talked about back in, I think, May. I started talking about, like, heavily about... Yeah, you notice how it all kind of blends together? Oh, yeah. Oh, it does. <laughs> uh, longest year of my life. But um, about how the supply chain disruptions, you wouldn't even know the repercussions and the damage that it would cause yeah. until... Probably. Everyone was looking for a PlayStation 5 to be under the Christmas tree, but we got a chip shortage. So. Exactly. Exactly right. And <laughs> and and that's the thing is like people always they it's just there's just too many factors. And and you yeah. can't like people are asking me, like, okay, well, what kind of shortage do you expect? I was like, well, food seems like a natural one, but honestly, I don't know because I don't understand what layers of the supply chain are being disrupted. So like it could be anything from food to electronics to yeah, uh, you know, base materials. I didn't know that it would be lumber would skyrocket, or or that you would have microchips specifically. Like who who knew? But uh, yeah. you know, now what could be short this up. week might be overabundant the next week when the you know when the finally gets through the bottleneck. So true, exactly. And um, I guess the, uh, the only reason I bring it up is just to say that like we still don't know the extent of of the damage caused by these lockdowns, and we won't know for years. I mean, it's going right. to continue to trickle through and, and you have, because of the shortage, because of the, so check this out. This is how <laughs> fucking com complex economics are. Well, and government intervention. Right. Um, you mean we can't centrally plan everything? Yeah. Yeah. How no. dare you? That's exactly what I mean, actually. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, so who could have known that they were going to have lockdowns? I mean, nope. unless it, you were, we weren't thinking it back in January and February of yeah, unless you're Alex Jones, you didn't know. Um, right. <laughs> so, so you have these lockdowns, which you couldn't have predicted, and then you have massive stimulus, tr seven trillion in stimulus that you couldn't have predicted, and then you have record low interest rates during a pandemic, during a lockdown, which you couldn't have predicted because you couldn't right. have known that the government was going to intervene, and then you have 
material shortages, which add to the cost of housing materials to build new inventory, which we have a severe shortage of. So you couldn't have predicted that. You couldn't have known that that housing was going to be, you know, 50% more expensive to build because of these shortages. So now you have record low interest rates paired with shortage of materials, paired with, uh, you know, unbelievable amounts of uh, capital and capacity to purchase and an unbelievable shortage because you have a foreclosure and eviction moratorium, which you also couldn't have predicted. So people are like, Clint, why can't you tell me exactly when things going to happen? What's going to happen? When? This is why, motherfucker. I have no clue. This shit is so yes. crazy. And they are just, their hands are so deep in it. I can't, I, there's no way to predict this stuff. You know what no. I mean? No, even if you had quantum computing and... <laughs> and it goes back to the the inputs because I I can't know yeah. the inputs. The inputs are are so largely driven by uh, you know government. I, there's no way for me to know, and it's just it's so exhausting because as a money manager, this is my yeah. job. My job is to evaluate risk and evaluate reward and opportunity, and and there's just so much uh, exogenous risk to this market because of government intervention that like my gut just tells me get out. Yeah. What, what do you what are you feeling with it? Uh, it's kind of rough because you know I'm a dad and uh, I've got to look out for my kids and uh, that yeah that's that's kind of one thing and as much as I just want to like pick everything up and go move to the Patagonia out in the middle of a shack somewhere, you know, <laughs> I, I've sometimes made the joke. I was like, yeah, if I had a time machine, I would go back eleven thousand years ago when my next nearest neighbor would have been ten thousand miles away, you know. <laughs> yeah, well. You could probably still do that, but it'd be really hard. Um, right. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. It wouldn't be easy, but at least I wouldn't have to put up with other people's bullshit. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I'm, God, I have never been the cabin in the woods type of guy, but I'm like every day that passes, I get, I get closer to that feeling. And because I'm yeah. not married and I don't have kids yet, I'm like, I really want to do that. But at the same time, I need the wife so I can go have the kids in the fucking forest. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, exactly. You, you already got that. So why, why not? Why not do that? Oh, because because your work keeps you in the city or something. Well, I mean, I could work from home if I needed to. And I, we did that right at the beginning. It was so surreal when I first got this job. Already two thirds of the office was self quarantining at home. Mm -hmm. So when I walked in, I, I'm walking into an empty office building with maybe a handful of people in it. Mm hmm. And that was just kind of weird. And uh, so I could work from home and I understand that I'm a little bit privileged on that, but uh, uh, yeah, at yeah, the same please, time, please don't like, ever, don't ever use the word privilege. Please, please don't. Do yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But at the same time, it's like, if I had to pick up and move everybody to what I would consider to be a safe location, I mean, that's, that's a whole logistical nightmare right there. So, well, it is, it is, but you know what also is a logistical nightmare trying to get fucking food in a city when all this shit goes to hell. Like I am right. I am nervous, man. Do you not see it going as bad as I do? Uh, I, I'm on a steady diet of black pills. So okay. I have to remember to take my microdose of white pills every now and then. But uh, who, who supplies them? Because I need them, bro. <laughs> man, I just think that they just kind of will themselves into existence sometimes. They just, okay. uh, they just appear. Then you just pop a couple. Yeah, yeah. man. I need some more. Yeah, as far as, as food, um, that's kind of one of the, the good things about living down here in the South is we always have somebody growing something somewhere. True. Well, so, I'm in California, I'm too... and, and yet, I mean, we're like the breadbasket of America, and it's still, yeah, still nerve wracking. It just simply because the government is so fucking crazy, dude. Like it, I think that's the that's the thing that, yes, I'm gonna pair your white pill with a black pill because that's where <laughs> I'm at. But it's true. Like 
yes, California produces enough food to supply not only all of Californians, but yeah, quite a lot. I've also, I've seen those fields. So. Yeah, also most of the country. So it's not that we lack the the capacity for supply. It's simply that we may lack the will, or we may lack the the um, you know governmental system or or uh, regulatory bodies that will allow for it. I mean these. I like seriously, it is so concerning living in California that like I get to a point where I'm like, there's a chance that they start to put like racial food quotas where like you <laughs> like I, like I'm serious, man, because yeah, I know you're serious. And that's 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 why I laughed. Yeah. 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 I mean, because they, they they talk about, you know, when they're talking about the vaccine rollout, they talk about what percentage of people based off of skin tone or, or race or religion are are getting the vaccine and how they have to, they have to focus like in, in LA in particular, this, this one tweet a couple months ago or maybe a month ago freaked me out because they were just like, we are, are, we have the number one, uh, or we have the highest per capita Hispanic vaccination rate. And I was like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, why, why are you even say that? Yeah. Yeah, It's so, I mean, it's just really freaky. And they're like, we have to make sure and and they had quotas on like you couldn't give vaccines to white people until enough Hispanic people had gotten the vaccine. Like, I'm I'm serious. That happened in Los Angeles. Yeah. And and like well, even currently you know, seeing that in Utah right now, they were talking about racial profiling for uh, a state UBI. And they wanted to make sure that you know unwed uh, people of colors were getting the uh, the uh, the UBI first. There you go. Yeah. And and yeah. same in Oakland, they have a. They have a plan where it's, um, I think it's fifteen hundred dollars a month UBI to black single mothers, and yeah. and that's it. And like, or or not even not even that's it. I think it's basically you can't be white. <laughs> like that's yeah, that's the rule. And and I just I just can't believe that this stuff like like overnight. Like if you would ask me ten years ago, could they ever have? laws like this? First off, if you had just said to me that you, universal basic income, even in a trial run. Was, right. a, was a possibility, I would have laughed in your face. And then if you told me it would have only been for people of certain colors, I would oh, have yeah. said- then you would have been like, I would have no. said, there's no way. There's absolutely no way. And like what sci-fi show did you pull that off of? Exactly, like, exactly. <laughs> and th- I'm, I'm saying five years ago, if you had asked me that, I would have laughed in your face. It's here, it's here and it's happening all across the country. And it's like, I, you know, I don't even like talking about this stuff because oftentimes people will be like, Oh, you! Oh, you said it. Are you? Yeah. Are you? Are you? Little white boy feelings getting hurt? It's like, dude. It's not even about that. It's about the the dynamic of society to have to have a system that is making decisions based off of race. I'm a mortgage broker, for instance. Like, I know about the the redlining and the the history of of keeping mortgages away from African Americans and and keeping them out of certain communities and neighborhoods and things like that, that were right. mandated through the government. It was fucking evil. So like I oppose those things, but now it's by law. I have to get your race on a loan application. Yeah. Not because, not because they want to make sure I'm, I'm, you know, only giving loans to white people like it used to be, but rather that I have to be giving enough loans to people of minority candidates, you know, yeah, and they don't, they don't status even, and all that. Yeah, yeah. They don't, they don't even give a fuck about, you know, whether or not I'm lending to white people. It's, it's just, I'm telling you, man, this is just, this is just a recipe for fucking disaster. And yeah, I don't, I don't mean, know how to tell, see it any other way. Yeah. You're telling an entire segment of popular of the population. It's like, Oh yeah. By the reason, 
the way you live is directly resolved by that guy's skin color over there. Right. Like the antithesis of, yeah. I don't know, equal rights. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, like this, this is what we fought for. I just, I would love God, if I could just like reincarnate Martin Luther King for a day and just have him sit down, like have him on my show and talk to him for an hour and be like, Hey man, yeah. check this out. Like, is this, is this your vision? Cause yeah, is this what you meant? <laughs> Cause I, I really don't think it is like, am I, am no. I crazy? No, not crazy. I mean, I, I listened to that. I have a dream speech uh, many times and it, uh, it didn't, you know, it didn't strike me as, as um, content of their character, not the color of their skin is pretty clear. I mean, he's yeah. not being vague. <laughs> so, and for the record, Martin Luther King wasn't right about everything. He was terrible. No, I mean, economics. he was a communist. Right. <laughs> right. So I'm not saying like, just because he came back and said like, Oh no, this is right. fucked up that he would be right. I'm just saying based off of the thing that I love most about him, I don't think that, and the thing that he's most famous for, and the thing that has, you know, largely been the driving force behind this movement, which is that of atta attaining equality for people. I just right. don't see this as equality. I feel like we are absolutely reverting to tribalism and and racist government policy. Like it really yeah. feels like it's racist, overtly racist government policy. Yeah, and it's on both sides too, because they'll they'll tell the people. In those communities, it was like, look, white people are holding you down. They're keeping their foot on the neck. And then they're on the same breath. They'll turn around and tell white people. It's like, well, you know, the black people, they're committing all the crime and you want to keep yourselves away from them and everything else. So that, yeah, yeah. They, they're definitely playing everybody off against each other. As long as you don't turn your focus and effort towards the state, which we all know is the enemy. So Right. Right. Well, and it's funny, too, because I saw a chart, um, I think, over the weekend where it was. It was talking about the amount of, you know, disproportionate effect of police killings on minorities, even yeah. though the majority of police killings are white people, uh, but it's right. disproportionate because of population numbers. Anyways, you get it. Um, yeah. And then I saw someone else quote you and go, I think there's a, another disproportionate effect that you're missing. And and you, if you look at it, it's like 96% of the people killed by police are men. Yes. <laughs> No one talks like it's funny because you would be killed if you talk about the fact that there are more crimes being committed by minorities and that's why they're interacting with the police more. But if you point out the fact that men are the reason that there's so much crime, it's just a given. Like, yeah. of, co of course, men are committing crime. Yeah. We're filled with a little more aggressive. And yeah, yeah. Uh, it's and I'm not saying that like men are the problem or women aren't or or black people are or white people aren't i'm just saying it's it's funny that that disproportion is completely accepted and it's so lopsided i mean yeah. it's like it's like basically a hundred percent yeah <laughs> it's like almost every single person killed by the cops is a man and and no one gives a fuck. And I guess no. this is this goes back to I, I know all of this sounds like grievance politics for for you know straight white men seeing as every single right. topic I'm bringing up is like yeah, they don't give a fuck about straight white men, but it's true, yep. man. Like they just simply yep. don't. And and I, it's like I, I'm I'm very. I almost be uh, curious to find out what the uh, socioeconomic score of those ninety six percent that were killed. I'm guaranteeing it was probably mostly poor. Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah, I yeah. mean, not a hundred percent, but yeah, you're a hundred percent. You're right. It's probably ninety percent. Um, yeah. And, and I mean, that's another disproportion that would actually be more unifying in the sense that we wouldn't be so f focused on each other's race. And, and the other thing that pisses me off is they don't talk about the, the race of the cop in the shooting, which oftentimes, yeah. like, there's plenty of examples of black cops killing people. 
And right. They, like you can't make it a racial issue if it's a black cop killing a black guy. Come on. So no. I, you know, I don't know. Well, I mean, even when they had, uh, what was it? I want to say it was not down near your neck of the woods. A uh, Hispanic cop killed a Hispanic male. And they were trying to paint the cop as a white guy because he didn't look brown on his uh, police photo. Well, they did. They did that with the uh, the Colorado shooter. The, yeah. The and he was he was a uh, Muslim. Yes. He, like yeah, he was Syrian. Yeah. But, but they're like they're like yeah. I mean he 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 looks white and that's why. And they even said afterwards he looked white and that's why the cops didn't kill him. <laughs> right. Like, Jesus Christ, man. Yeah. I thanks think- to this whole woke politics, I have been. Uh, introduced to a phrase that I wish would just erase from my memory. And that is white presenting. (laughs) It's like, that's not a thing. It's it's only not a thing. If you see me naked, I present as black, but anyways, (laughs) um, yeah, it's, I mean, this, this is just very long. (laughs) This this just really disturbs me, man. Like this whole trend. And, And speaking of the mass shootings, uh, since, they have exploded in popularity over the past. Oh yeah. It's almost like the phone call went out with some certain key phrases and then. (laughs) Thank you. This is exactly (laughs) where I'm going. So I, there are three flowers in the vase. The left one is blue. (laughs) (laughs) You get it. You get it. So this is, this is what is disturbing to me. And I don't know how people see these articles over and over again and don't connect the dots on this because I really don't feel like I'm a conspiracy theorist on this one. There has been of the of the four main mass shootings that we've had over the past hundred days. Because, granted, they're classifying yeah. anytime there's a shooting of three or more people as a mass shooting. So, like, yeah, that's I'm talking the way about, it's counted. It's statistics and everything else. So. Yeah, yeah. So I'm I'm talking about the real ones where it's like bad, bad. Um, and all of those guys, there are reports after the fact by mainstream you know news yeah. outlets. That they had, that they were known by the FBI, yeah, and, known, and and they had been sometimes approached by the FBI prior, and per- perhaps every time approached by the FBI prior, or at least investigated. Um, and I just don't know how I'm supposed to accept the fact that these these cops, uh, given all of the powers that they've been given, you know, with the War on Terror and the Patriot Act and the NSA and you know all this, all this spying. I mean, that was the reason why we got the Patriot Act and the Department of Homeland Security in the first place, right? Was so that all of these agencies can talk to each other. Thank you very much. So, it, allegedly, the system is working well enough that they pick up these guys on their radar, but the system is not working well enough that they actually do anything to stop them. Well, and, obviously, we need more laws and more funding, right? So, well, that that'll be their argument. You're <laughs> right. damn right that'll be the argument. But my point is. Fuck these people. You've taken all of my rights and you can't do anything to stop these mass shootings anyway. So, like, why aren't we just disbanding them? Why do they yeah. even exist? What is the point of Conf- having you investigate and talk to these guys prior to them going out and killing dozens of people if you're not going to actually do anything about it? It's just which, by the way, I'm not sure I want them doing anything about it because I don't trust them in the first yeah. place. But I'm just saying if they exist and if their job is to stop these things and they're not fire them. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, we can we can pull a Michael Bolden on this one. I mean, it, the only thing constitutionally speaking they're allowed to do is just not exist in the first place. Because nowhere yeah, in the Constitution says we need a federal bureau of investigation. So, <laughs> great point. Um, yeah. Well, yeah. Speaking of not being needed, uh, Canada. <laughs> Canada, Canada. Oh, Canada. <laughs> Canada's in a police state, folks. And I like, are you following Canada? Have you seen all this, dude? That video. <laughs> 
which which got shared video? all over the place. There's Everyone's reaction to it is, "Oh fuck, no!" <laughs> are what are they about, doing? You talking about the video with the checkpoint, or the video with them beating the old man? Which which video? No, it was the video. Uh, I want to say it was Ontario, where the guy was coming out and basically saying all of the lockdown measures were going to be police enforced. Oh, that one. Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah that one came around. We're all like, oh, wow. I've seen, I've seen a half about a dozen. saying the quiet parts loud. I know, right? I've seen a half a dozen of, uh, you know, viral videos that have stemmed from Canada, which for me as an American is rare because I don't hear about Canada more than once a decade because fuck Canada, right. it doesn't matter. I'm just kidding. I have a lot of new Canadian listeners because I had <laughs> Tim Moen on. Trying to but... send SOSs over the border, border and everything. I thought yeah, that, that was kind of funny. Yeah. yeah. Well, funny and tragic and horrifying yeah. all at once, but, um, yeah. So for those that are listening that don't know, they're they're now it's basically illegal to leave your house without an excuse for right. I think they was it six weeks. Do you know? I want to say six weeks. I think that's what I heard. But yeah, uh, yeah. I think that's right. So um, you like I said, have, it all blends together. It it's does. just a, a collage yeah. of torture and terrorism that I don't like. <laughs> so. it's, a, it's a collage of Orwellian wet dreams. Um, yes. Yeah. So. The, the policy is basically that you can't leave your house without an excuse for any reason. Like right. you can't, you can't go anywhere. You have right. to, if you want to go to the store, if you want to go to uh, your job, you, if you want to go to a doctor's appointment, like yeah. you have to have. I saw it works so well in Australia. So. It works great everywhere it's been tried. Anytime you try a completely tyrannical, uh, you know, Gestapo like system, it works perfectly. It's never right. gone wrong um, ever. Um, so yeah, they are, they're doing checkpoints where they have like miles long, you know, waits for people on these on these main thoroughfares or whatever the fuck they're called in Canada, and <laughs> and and they're stopping every single car to check their papers. I mean, it's like, like yeah. papers, please, Canada. paper, please. And oh, well, I will have to give the Nazis one thing: they did say please. <laughs> did they? I don't speak. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, how does that play out there? I mean, I know Canada has had gun bans against you know the shit that would actually help them. Um, but they aren't totally disarmed. Do you think that, are they just so different psychologically that they're just incapable of like recognizing tyranny how we might? Yeah, that's that's kind of like a difference in mindset. Um, all of the, well, I shouldn't say all, but a lot of the Canadians I've ever interacted with, they're you know very nice people and they attribute that niceness that they have themselves to government. And that's that's a problem. It is. <laughs> Especially yeah. when the inherent nature of government is not one of kindness, right? Uh, yeah, I, I'm just I'm just nervous, man, because like these, I mean, they 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 want to basically be refugees. We have people at the border signaling and and more yeah. SOS with the fucking Canadian flag up upside down. It's like I feel, but the thing is, I really feel for these people. I love yeah. Canadians. Like I talk a lot of shit about them because it's just hilarious. But like I love Canadians. They're awesome people. So. Um, oh, and I'm pretty sure they joke about us Yanks oh, all the time. So for I mean, sure, for sure. It's, it's like it's like a sibling rivalry or something. Yeah, but. it's like our cousin that we only see every once in a while. And the first thing we do is get in a fight with them, then then go have fun. So <laughs> right, right. Um, <laughs> but at the same time, like I, I do want to say I hope that they're learning a lesson here, you know, and I don't I don't mean that paternalistically. I just mean that like survivalistically. Like yeah, I hope you guys are realizing that you're like maybe next time don't yeah. elect Fidel Castro's illegitimate yeah. child your your trust yeah, yeah exactly your your trust in the government is very dangerous it's very precarious for your existence on this earth you guys have given the government far too much power you have allowed them to take away meaningful methods of self-defense you have 
allowed them to tax you into oblivion. And now you have allowed them to have essentially a police state that keeps you in your home indefinitely. Like, right. And, and once they have it, they're never giving that up. No. And we're a year into this thing. And we have evidence that any of the states in America that have been, you know, released and given some freedom back have done better than the states that maintain lock lockdowns. So right. there is no science behind this either. Like, not that I care, because even if it was scientifically efficacious to keep a lockdown forever, I don't give a fuck because freedom is more important. But I'm just saying yeah, even during the Spanish flu, they didn't lock people in their homes. Right. So <laughs> like I'm just saying that like even even if you give them the the moral high ground of saying they have the right idea. They don't, you can't no. even, you can't even give them that anymore. Like, so there's no, there is literally no justification for this. None. And they're None. just, they're just killing these people. I mean, they're, I mean, not physically yet, but I really, I really fear that like, that's going to come down to it. I mean, one guy's going like to say, it. I don't have to tell you where I'm going. Right. Right. And, and I saw, I saw an old lady who, uh, who got jacked by some Mountie off of his horse or whatever the fuck they're called in Canada. Yeah, you guys. I'm just kidding. I love you, Canada. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, she's like this. Red uniforms woman. do look good. You, know, you will have to give them that. <laughs> they do. Got really, those suits pretty well. Really lifts the butt. Um, <laughs> <laughs> anyways, uh, speaking of uh, illegal immigration coming from Canada, which, by the way, I would be in favor of because anyone that wants to flee tyranny, I am usually in yes, favor go for of it. having in my country. Please uh, and that, do. And for the record, that stands for Latin America. And as long as we get rid of the welfare state, I am all for allowing basically anyone. But we also so this is this is where I was going. I want to talk to you. What is what is your perspective on the immigration debate? Because it's pretty hotly contested amongst amongst libertarians and ANCAPs. Um, obviously, the principled stance is you have no borders. You have or you right. have only private private properties. So you have private yeah, market borders. borders. Yeah. yeah. Um, what what's your opinion on it? Given given the state of America today. Okay. So. Having lived in Texas when I was growing up, uh, those people that came here from Mexico and from South America and Central America and everything, they are here to do better for themselves. They are highly pessimistic of the governments that they left in order to find something in the United States that could provide them cash. Right. Not a lot of them stay, actually. As, as soon as they get themselves set up, they go back. Mm -hmm. uh, or sometimes they like it here so much that they live here and then become Americans and they will, you know, they'll fight to the death for, for you as much as uh, you would for them. But right. uh, yeah, so I think a lot of it is pessimism, which is why a lot of people are moving out of the state of California and they're going to Texas and other states, you know, because I was also a kid in Nevada and we saw the Californians moving out during the 80s when a lot of that silliness started. Mm -hmm. And uh, we would just often call them California turistas because at first they would just move to Nevada for like six months out of the year and then go back type of thing. But uh, but yeah, I mean, it's just people are just getting fed up and they just want to get out. And sometimes it's because of taxes. Sometimes it's because of other stuff. So. Right. But I'm saying what what would your system look like if you were to have your druthers? Like, would you would you have free immigration? Would you have to uh, alleviate or eliminate the war on poverty and the welfare state and the, the war on terror and all this stuff prior? Where, where, where are you at on? Yeah. If I had priorities? to uh, press a button, make myself emperor of the world uh, in an instant. Yeah. The uh, welfare state and everything that would all be handled by private charities uh, the way it should church organizations, uh, you know, membership groups, that type of thing. Uh, I mean, we even have it here today in the United States with health shares. You're not having to go through a, health insurance to get uh, medical coverage and 
as long as government is going to be in charge of stuff and in you know putting its little dirty fingers into stuff it's going to throw the prices off right so yeah it's you know it but i have to live in the world that we live in so so that's that's the question right there order of operations yeah so the welfare state as it is is not sustainable you can't just take it away from overnight either because there's tons of youtube videos out there of people's ebt cards getting shut off oh yeah and then the little tantrum fit that goes on after that so you can't just take it off you might have to like take them off of the drip (laughs) as you would with an addict right sure and uh you know at the same time i just think it's going to be tough uh, trying to get rid of welfare tough trying to ease government restrictions on the borders and just kind of leaving it up to the property owners so i mean we're talking about stuff that would take decades to to fix i agree i agree and i think that's my biggest problem with the debate about immigration amongst the libertarian movement is that it's like folks you you have to you have to run triage on this like you have to be able to sure the principled answer is to get to our utopic vision of the future but like yeah it is truly utopic at this point because there's so much shit we have to (laughs) alleviate first and and uh you know i i i really feel like it would be I, I hate to even use the term, but national suicide to have unlimited immigration given the system that we have today. I mean, you yeah. would, I mean, you're we're just already... going to have people that, that are going to come here and, yeah. and uh, take advantage of the system. Right. And and, uh, and, and, and for the record, it's a bankrupt system, you know? Yeah. So like you can't, I mean, we're just printing dollars at this point, you know? So yeah, we, we have already, we have already gotten to the point of oblivion and, yeah. and I just think that having, having open borders in this environment and, and, even though I'm not very concerned about terrorism, we have we have spent decades, fifty years, bombing relatively innocent people into becoming radical terrorists. That oh yeah, would, that would very much like to to fuck us up. So like, it's I think it's also delusional to think that you can have open borders prior to ending the war on terror and allowing that to kind of run its course for ten or twenty years too. So like. All of this, in my opinion, has to be handled prior and you have to allow some runway just to be practical, like to to live in the real world here. Um, yeah. I wish I could snap my fingers. We can go back in time and we could have not bombed all those people, but I can't. So like, yeah, like exactly I'm dealing, I'm dealing from a statist, uh, you know, dystopic nightmare to begin with. So we have to. Uh, work our I way just think it. it's just going to be tough no matter how we tackle it. And it's not going to be something that'll be solved in a week either. So no, no. A week. Jesus Christ. No. <laughs> Um, yeah, we'll, we'll see. We'll see if we can even survive the Chauvin trial. What do, do you have any opinion on, on how that comes out? Okay. So the Derek Chauvin thing, um, I love cop suckers so much that they will just excuse whatever kind of bad behavior that they can witness with their own eyes. Uh, and I'm, I'm talking to you, Steven Crowder, you, you little <laughs> bitch it's like, Oh, he's going to pin me on the ground, but he's not going to do it in exactly the same way that we all saw. So how I would have handled that situation a little bit differently. Okay. So allegedly George Floyd is having a freak out claustrophobia and everything. What's wrong with sitting him down on the curb with his handcuffed? I don't think there's anything wrong with it. I was like, okay, we'll we'll just calm down here for a moment. When we get the ambulance here, we'll pack you up. Then we'll get you down there. So that you're not stuck in the back of a police car or whatever, well, you know, to yeah, me, so to it's, me it's, the, the biggest problem is, is not even so much what they did, but the duration of it. Like, yeah, 
you you stayed on him with three or four cops, I think it was, for approximately eight minutes. I right. mean, that's just too much. The guy, yeah. like, the guy was obviously struggling to breathe. He was telling you it. I know he had lied about other things prior, so like you can't take his word for it. But once yeah. ho- once homeboy starts to go like he, you can you can tell he's physically struggling, and you can tell yeah. when you listen to it. And he's not fighting. He's just laying there screaming like, mama. Yeah, at one point, is he not resisting anymore? You know, exactly. And and that that to me is where, you know, a lot of people have said that Chauvin was was doing it by the book. And, yeah, which and is my, a problem because then the book needs to be thrown out. Well, it is. But but this is my this is my point with it. It doesn't remove moral culpability just because you're doing your job by the book. Like yeah. if you if your job says that this is exactly what you should be doing, but it takes a life and you and you as a thinking human being with autonomy yeah. were able agency exactly were able to see that he was he was going unconscious or that he was going limp or that he was you know his breathing was very labored like right. at some point it is incumbent upon you as a moral functioning autonomous human being with agency to say to yourself i'm going to take my knee off this guy yeah is that so much to ask? Like, I'm not even saying it makes him evil. I'm just saying it makes him a fucking cog in the machine. The machine is sick. But as as a participant in that sick machine, you do not get all moral culpability lifted off of you. And, right. and, I, and for that reason alone. There was several trials after World War yeah. II that kind of proved that. So Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and, and granted, I don't think what they did was as egregious, but I think that the point the point applies. If you're yeah, functioning, the principle is still the same. Exactly. <laughs> if you're functioning in an evil system, you you have to still be held responsible to some extent. Yeah. And, and I don't think it was first degree murder. I don't even think it was necessarily second degree murder. But I uh, think that manslaughter degree, definitely fits. Yeah. Third degree makes sense to me. And and I, you know, while I think that he's probably going to get off, actually, um, just because of his health condition. Oh yeah, how the defense and everything is. Yeah, that I, I don't think he's going to see the inside of a jail cell much much longer. I, that's that's my belief too. Um, I think he should, even if even if like by the letter of the law, he's not guilty. I right. think that that in my in my worldview, he did break the law, the law yeah. of you know moral human behavior, and um, I don't know. I it's just it's just devastating because I think Minnesota is going to be an absolute war zone because of this. And yeah, and I don't they've know. already got that other uh, lady cop who tried tasering a kid with a Glock, and uh, so that's already got him on edge. So Holy shit, how did that happen? How does that happen, man? The only thing I can figure is she spent a lot of time on the force. She was training another cop. I'm thinking that was probably the first time she's ever had to pull a sidearm on anybody, it and could, just got caught up well in the be. moment. Yeah, because those tasers are bright ass fucking yellow you can't mistake it for anything else so i'm just thinking she got an adrenaline jump she's probably never had to pull that service weapon and maybe she gets trained on it once a year type of thing so there's a whole confluence of just bad shit that happened at the same time man well with that with that paired with the chauvin um you know trial outcome i am (laughs) just yeah that's that's not gonna be pretty either way even if they do sentence Chauvin to any amount in jail, it's probably not going to be enough for the mob and uh, they'll, they'll come after him anyway. So, yeah. Well, the, re- the reason I, uh, I brought up the immigration debate with you is because I am in negotiations currently with 
Kurt the Libertarian and Dave Smith to come on my show and have that very debate with oh, Kurt, nice. Kurt taking the pro open borders stance and Dave taking the more pragmatic yeah. approach to it to get there. Yeah, a little bit of uh, real world stuff. Right. I'm, so it's <sighs> going to be interesting because I love Kurt. I'm trying to think of the name of that guy who wrote a book and he did like an entire study about it. And now I'm drawing a blank on his name, but he wrote a book and I think it's on, I think it's in Mises.org that you can find it. Okay. If you uh, have to remember what it is. Yeah. DM me send later, it to you. Um, but yeah, he, he basically goes through the entire numbers. It was like, yeah, they, they are here. Uh, but the vast majority of them aren't taking uh, welfare. They yeah. are skirting around the system a little bit, but yeah. And for the record, just, I don't mind that. Yeah. <laughs> if, if you're here and you're not paying taxes, but you're also not leeching on the system, I could care less. Um, but it, yeah, I mean, they're paying gas tax and food tax and everything else when they go. Oh, they're just not paying income tax, which right, which is awesome. <laughs> I wish I could be like them. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, anyways, Eric, it's been a blast. Eric is the host of Rebel to Cause podcast. You can follow him on Twitter at Eric the Red seventy nine. Is there any yep. other contacts you'd like to tell people about? Uh, yeah, you guys can find me on all your favorite podcatchers: uh, BitChute, Odyssey, of course, uh, YouTube if they'll still have me, and uh, <laughs> anything else. Yeah, at Eric the Red on seventy nine on uh, Twitter, and uh, I, I like to post some funny stuff on there. My primary goal with Twitter is to make my friends laugh first. And then make the blue checks uncomfortable if I can. So that's a perfect, perfect dynamic. So he does a great job of it. Make sure you guys follow him and make sure you check out his show. I appreciate you for coming on, Eric. Oh, no problem, man. It was awesome. Thanks. Thanks again. I genuinely can't believe the amount of support that you guys are showing this show. If you want to continue to support it and help it grow, that's how you know I will keep on the grind and keep doing this. Um, I'm passionate. I intend to do so, but it really, really helps keep me motivated and energized when you guys do it. So um, wanted to give shout outs to those that left five-star reviews. We have another 25 five-star reviews over the past week. I can't believe how quickly this is going. We're approaching 200 five-star reviews on iTunes. You guys rock. Thank you so much for doing it. We got JL Roberts 08 says, finally, someone speaks the truth. Love the podcast and the freedom it may inspire. Thank you for speaking out. No, thank you, JL Roberts 08, for listening. God damn it, I love you so much. Then we got Adam from down south. Five stars. Keep making your mark on this crazy world. Great content. You know I will, Adam from down south. Love you. Uh, then we got Wholesome Milk says, Great guests. The guests that are interviewed have amazing perspectives on what is going on in the world around us. Thanks. You are welcome, Wholesome Milk. They, I have the best guests in the game. That's just a fact. I do. They're amazing. Vin, Hotep, Dave, Robbie. List goes on and on. Pete, Jesus Christ. It's crazy. And last one, DJ works hard. Liberty Lockdown, another great voice for this movement. I'm going to have to agree. Thank you so much. DJ works hard. And uh, if you guys want to support the show, go to Teespring dot com backslash liberty dash lockdown dash podcast and you can pick up some shirts some leggings some baby onesies someone got a baby onesie that made me so happy that's going to be the cutest thing that's ever happened um so yeah just keep doing it folks love you so much see you next week big shout out to everybody that's been with me since john street appreciate y'all World premiere. 
Welcome to Liberty Lockdown, please scan your barcode Your liberty ain't gone, but yeah, it's on hold Where did it come from and where did it go? It requires a fight, not tweeting from your phone Don't need a king, get him off the fucking throne If you're riding with the thought, you've always got a home The virus you're scared of will come and it'll go The government knows this, don't get treated like a hoe Like Nico and Shane, you're probably wondering what's happening Scared Hollywood left these lyrical fappening A typo with Luke might bring the nooses We all bite the bullet, I'm the king of the gooses Freckles and Brit, didn't know I could spit Knew I was a patriot, but now I'm the shit Peter Quinones, invite me on Which podcast sends custom songs Part of the problem, now I stand with the people Dave showed the way, but I am unequal Lions of Liberty now hear me roar Beat running up, but I got a bit more Robbie the Fire, always running his mouth But I made him a sandwich, now I'm man of the house No malice for Nick, but you're welcome to quit I went over BLM with the fire I spit Friends against government just call us fags Copy the Cairo, put mummies in the bag Allowable opinions get thrown on the ground Silky Smooth Tom was the only sound Getting so hot must be Air July Screaming in the mic to rip a 59 Miles to Ray showed that black guns matter Now all these lefties got crazy small bladders None of us wanted war but we're ready You know I be bopping ain't rock steady Liberty Lockdown, please scan your barcode Your liberty ain't gone but yeah it's on hold Where did it come from and where did it go It requires a fight, not tweeting from your phone Don't need a king, get him off the fucking throne If you ride with the thought, you've always got a home The virus you're scared of will come and it'll go The government knows this, don't get treated like a hoe Let's get into the show.